Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. All right, everybody. So I am so excited for today's episode because we have Lauren Devane, who is a branding agency, founder, director, and lead designer. And we're going to be chatting all things branding today. And if you guys don't already follow Lauren, you definitely want to go check out her Instagram. She's probably one of my favorite people to follow, not just because she's got the most amazing branding, like genius brain I've ever seen. She's also hilarious. You want to go check her out. She just, I think, really brings content back to life. So Lauren, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you here. And if you want to get us started by just telling us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started and how you are where you are today. Thank you for that amazing introduction. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess starting at the beginning, um, I've always really been very interested in design and my dad was like into software, like he worked in software. And so he like built us computers when we were like young. So I had a computer in my room, like when I was eight years old. So I was like, playing with Photoshop, playing with making PowerPoint presentations of the Backstreet Boys and like adding in all of the like motions that you could do within PowerPoint. Like I was always very interested in design from a very, very young age. And I was lucky enough to be able to have the opportunity to like get into it. And so then, you know, I went to college for design. I went to Columbia College in Chicago. I went to Columbia College in Columbia. Well, I actually started at Mizzou in Columbia. I know. I went to I know. What in the world is going yeah, on? So I actually was going to do journalism because I've always also been really into like writing and creative writing. And so that was kind of my plan. And I got there and I was just like, I was doing like posters for, you know, concerts that were happening at the Blue Note. And so I was like, this is not what I want to be doing. And so I figured that out. And after a semester, I transferred and ended up going to art school and got my degree in graphic design. And then, you know, from there, I graduated and got an internship working for a marketing company startup that was using QR codes, which this was like early. This was 2009. So, I mean, it was kind of early for QR codes. And so then, you know, from there, I got a job working for Walgreens corporate and I was there for five years. And then I got to do a ton of stuff at Walgreens in all different capacities, UX design, print design, email design, their social media team with um, marketing with Sam, if you know, Sam Ogborn, we were like little babies who also went to Mizzou randomly. And then from there, I moved over to Ulta and I was at Ulta for six years. And I, you know, the last four years I was running their creative for their social media channels. And so I've really gotten to do like a lot of really amazing creative work. And I've touched, you know, I've done the creative director, I've done the art director, I've done the design, I've done the strategy. So I'm really like, now that I'm running Bemused, it's like, well, what direction do I want to take? So I'm really trying to, you know, figure that out as I go. And as I'm able to see what business owners like yourself really need when it comes to branding or social strategy or design. And so that's kind of like where Bemused is at right now. We're also getting into AI. So maybe we can talk about that later, but that's kind of like the quick, I use quotes, uh, rundown of kind of 
where how I landed where I am with Muse. Yeah, which honestly, like I'm on pins and needles just waiting for whatever next thing you're going to drop for your community or your audience so that, you know, I want to I want to jump into whatever it is going to be. I'm not even a designer and I want to do it because I know it's just going to be so, so good. So I'm really excited for that to come out. And, you know, I know with branding is obviously something that's applicable to everyone's business and it's going to set the tone for your image in general. And it's going to give your audience that first impression of your business. And I know, you know, that's one thing, you know, when we work together that I know I personally struggled with was making sure that my branding was across all channels and the appropriate way. And you helped so much, not just like with the branding itself, but the overall concept and the strategy with it. Like the attention to detail that you put into branding is just mind blowing. Like I loved just listening when you would send me over looms, like how your brain worked and the decisions that you made for making it a design choice. It was so interesting to me just because surface level, I don't think a lot of us realize how much goes into like the actual strategy of those choices. And so for me to actually hear that from you, I was like, oh my God, you know, this makes so much sense. Like there's so much depth to these choices than what meets the eye. And so what are some of you think the most important elements that really make up a good brand that every business owner should either have or really look for? I mean, first, well, I want to say, I think that the fact that you are understanding that there is more than meets the eye is like the first step. And I think there's a lot of people out there that feel like their brand is, you know, meant to be them, you know, it's, it should just be them with like whatever colors they like. And that's not necessarily the case, right? So you really are learning that it's about your customers and your clients rather than yourself. And so I think the first piece or like the, repeat your question for me real quick. It was what makes up a good brand, the elements that makes up a good brand for every business owner and what they should have or look for. Okay. So I think the first thing is authenticity. You have to, your brand needs to be able to feel authentic to customers. And I think that's such a big piece that people don't necessarily, they kind of like look over it as if it's like, okay, well, what am I selling? What are the colors that I'm using? What does the packaging look like? And it's like first showing up and being your authentic self is what are going to get people to be attracted to the brand and want to learn more about it. So I think authenticity is super important. You want to have that emotional connection too. I think that consistency is a huge, huge piece. And I think that, you know, I've got a post that I've shared about how your brand fonts are almost more important. And I shouldn't say almost more. I think it depends on your brand, but are more important than your logo in a lot of cases, because people are interacting with your brand in all these different ways outside of just seeing your logo. And most of the time, what they're interacting with doesn't have your logo on it anyways. And so using those colors and those specific fonts that are owned to you are going to help people every time they see a piece of content from you realize that it's, oh, this is Courtney from Systems Up. I can tell because she's got the grid and she's got the gradient and like these are the fonts that she's using and like that consistent use of your branding over all of your different touch points is going to be huge. And then I think differentiation. So like, what is your UVP? Like, what is your unique value proposition, right? So let's look at brand designers for an example, right? There's a million of us. Like what is differentiating me from everyone else? And like, that's so important. And that's like really what you're looking at when you're looking at your branding and your brand is like, how are you differentiating yourself from everyone else that is doing the same sort of thing so that people are going to come to you and choose you, right? So I think 
And we'll probably get into it around the difference of a brand and branding and what that looks like. But then I think the last piece is like, well, I shouldn't say last, but I think like relevance, you know, you have to really be what someone wants. You can't just have a brand that is is exciting for you, but not exciting for everyone else. So you really need to have a relevant product or service or community that is wanted by people. Yeah, no. And like the one we you talked about consistency, which like I had mentioned before you start answering the question, that was one thing I felt like we personally struggled with, with our brand. One thing that I think frustrates me is like, every time I go to make an Instagram reel, I want to be able to use like our fonts inside of like a reel. And that's not an option, but I know that you've been doing these, like at the time of this recording, at least these base camp, like, Hey, my favorite apps and like things like that. Have you been able to find any type of tool to help with editing videos for real content to make sure that it's on brand? Totally. So I'll give you a couple of thoughts on this too, because as, so in my role at Ulta, I was technically, my role was creative manager over social media, but it was very much a creative director position. I did not report into either of our creative directors. So I was kind of the final say on, you know, what we were doing in terms of like the creative and the strategy and how we brought it all together. And so really figuring out how to create content that was engaging for, you know, 7 million people on a channel that big, I was able to learn a lot. And like, we were able to test a lot of things like A-B testing and stuff. And so I think we are at a place now in 2023, where when you see stories, you want them to feel authentic to the stories platform. And so I think go, there's a lot of people that will go and use different fonts and they'll use their own brand fonts. But when they, when someone sees it in the story, it feels a little bit off. And so I think we're like in this place where we are wanting it to feel authentic to the channel by you. So like when you look at my stuff, a lot of my stuff in stories is very much using just the fonts that are included within IG stories and keeping with my colors because I want it to still feel like they are in that Instagram story ecosystem. However, my favorite word, however, (laughs) I have been thinking a lot about this in the way that we are kind of changing in terms of social media. And I've been reading, listening to more podcasts that are talking about just this and the way that we are doing our editing styles. And I think that is really what is going to start setting people apart in 2023 is like how your editing style and the way that you are showing up on your stories is going to start needing to be what stands out more rather than like your your brand photography right like brand photography was huge for the past two years like you really want to have original creative standout photography and I still think that's true but I think because we are moving more into the digital visual like motion world now having that brand videography is really great too and I think that's you know a little bit out of some people's budgets so how do we take what we've got and still make it different and exciting and so I think that you know whether that is using AI to create an avatar that is going to then you know give the information to people rather than just like myself showing up. Maybe I create a really fun, interesting avatar. And then the things that I want to have it talk about, I feed it into. And it tells you like, there's so many crazy ways that you can be using it. But within stories, I think in terms of making sure that it's feeling on brand, I like to use InShot. InShot lets you upload your own fonts. So like if you're like, I don't care, Lauren, I still want it to feel like my own. InShot does allow you to do this. And I think there are some cases where you do want to be creating content that feels on brand. If you're not a designer and you can do it in store, like on your phone. And InShot's a really great one for that. 
because you can upload your brand fonts, you can upload your brand colors and make sure that you're using the right colors. And then Tezza is an app. The Tezza app is one that I really love. And I love that one because it's able to add texture and it's able to add a little bit more of like the grit that feels like mine. So if you're able to find an app that can kind of take your branding and level it up in a way that lets you create stories that feel more like you. So for your example, right, we've got the grids, we've got the dot grids, and we've got the square grids. And so if you were able to just easily upload those onto your phone as PNGs, you could easily bring them into this app and create posts within that using the background. So that you're always using that background, but maybe you're using Instagram font still. So it's like kind of a mix of, of making sure that they're feeling like it's not so over the top, like, oh, I'm in this like weird branded experience when I should just be on stories and I just want to be flipping through and chilling. Whereas like, you know, stories is more of like this place where people can interact more with you as the business owner, and it doesn't need to feel as put together and curated as you want your feed to feel. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. And also, you know, makes sense in regards to you talking about authenticity being something that's also important because I think that's, you know, one thing that I think a lot of us are outgrowing maybe, maybe that's not the best word. Maybe it's not outgrowing, but kind of getting like burnt out on is the curatedness, if that's even a word, No, um, I so. how curated, you know, everything is in terms of social media and people are missing and craving authenticity and genuine relationships. And I think that's where you kind of have to like toe the line in terms of like what's branded, what's curated versus what's authentic, what's real, what's behind the scenes. And like, I think determining that, like, what's that fine line is, is the, the key to unlock it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you do a good job of this as well in that like with your stories, your with your reels, you're very just organic. You're just in your sweatshirt, like I'm in my sweatshirt. And I think that's relatable to a lot of people. And I think, and, and you'll even post those on your feed. And same with me. Like if you look at my feed, it's like, it feels put together, but at the same time, it's like, it still looks like it's like a mood board of just like a bunch of shit thrown up there, right? Nope. I don't know if that's the nicest word to use for it, but <laughs> like, that's kind of the vibe, right? Yeah. And like, if, if you can own whatever vibe it is that you want, that's the best way to do it. So like, I can create your visual look of your brand, right? With your branding, like we've got that down. Now it's up to you or you go and find someone to help you with tone and voice and your copy, but it's up to you to be able to decide like, what do I want this experience to be like? Is it chill? Like, are we chill? Is it more of like a, okay, this is, you know, a little bit more put together and like, you don't want to swear and you don't want your, your clients to feel offended or whatever. And so that part is up to you. And then being able to display that within your social is really a big piece of it, because I think you and I both know, and I think you've even said to me, like, people are coming to us, not necessarily for our expertise and what we do, but a mix of that and our personalities. Because like we said, I can go and find a million other brand designers, but so many of my clients have come to me and specifically said within their intake form, like, I love your authenticity. And I love that, you know, the way that you do X, Y, Z outside of my work. And so I think really showing up is super important in 2023. And I know like there are so many people that it's like, oh, that feels so hard, but it's so much a part of your brand. And like, you can put as many like beautifully like you know, on brand carousels of tips 
And I think that works for some people, but people really want that connection with the person that's giving them the information. Yeah, I agree. And I know you mentioned previously that we were going to dive a little bit into like, what's the difference between a brand and branding. And so I definitely want to like, make sure that we touch on that too, because can you kind of share with us maybe the difference between the two? Like what is brand and what is branding? Because I think, I feel like they're used interchangeably and they're not the same. And so what's the difference and why is it important for us to understand that difference? So when we talk about branding versus brand, it's important like that we understand that they're very different. And I think that's what you're clarifying. But like the brand is the overall perception and image that people have of like a company or a product or a service in their own mind. So it's the company's values, it's their mission, it's their personality, it's their reputation, all those things that we kind of talked about. It's the like sum total of all the experiences and interactions that this customer has had with that business. And it's like what is setting it apart from its competitors. But branding with an ING, on the other hand, is the process of creating and building and managing that brand. So it's the strategic and tactical efforts that you're going to use to create and maintain this consistent image that we talked about, this message and this identity for the company across all of your touch points. So it's your brand name, it's your logo, it's your tagline, it's your color scheme, it's your visual elements and the style, it's the way that you're shooting your photography, it's the way you're differentiating your business, but it's also like your brand voice and the way that you're speaking. So in short, a brand is the end result of your branding efforts. Gotcha. Is that kind that of makes, makes total sense. sense. Yeah. Like I think it is a little bit confusing because I feel like the words are very like thrown around and like, you know, some people or I sometimes use the reference of like, I'm a branding designer, but branding is so much more than just design. And I think design is so much more than just graphics. So I think it's like this hard thing for people to kind of like wrap their head around. But it's really like, I think the easiest way to think about it is like, your brand is what everyone else thinks about you and your branding is what you are doing to push those clients in the direction that you want them to feel about your brand. Yeah. Well, and like what you just mentioned too, that there's so many elements, right? There's so many different elements to branding. And what we also talked about previously, that there's so much, so much that is, I guess like with branding seeming surface level, but we're talking about like, Hey, there's so much more depth to it. There's so much more strategy. And so this topic, obviously like it hit really close to home for us because we're in the middle of this big rebrand that you obviously helped with and refreshing our website and all of these things that come along with it. And we've, you know, been through a rebrand or two in the lifespan of our business. We've been around for five years. I think that just comes with like the evolution of your business, like business changes all the time. And I think one thing that we did, or I should say I did incorrectly was I was following trends in terms of branding versus sticking to authenticity to not just like being authentic and how I'm presenting my business or my brand or myself to my community, but authentic to who I am as a person. And I felt like that was also the missing piece as to why it was hard for me to maintain consistency in my branding because it didn't feel authentic to who I was as a person and the how I wanted my business like the trajectory of my business, if that makes sense. So we've, you know, gone through this like evolution of multiple rebrands Our gosh, I'd say like three or four, which is crazy <laughs> over like a five, you know, five year period. But it's like our business changed so many times, you know, I started out as an OBM and like, it just evolved, evolved, evolved to where it is now. And there's a ton of things that we're obviously seeing, you know, every time we rebrand, but especially this time, just because I feel like we've landed where we want to be. And there's a lot of stuff that's going to have to shift and go with that. And it's, it's feeling 
feeling for us, at least a little overwhelming, just in terms of like, oh crap, we need to go and update this thing, like all of our assets. And even like when somebody logs in and like, you know, signs a proposal for HoneyBook or books a um, book something on our our Acuity calendar. Like, there's branding in there that we have to update. There's branding everywhere for our business, and it's going to take like it's just a massive project, right? So, do you have advice as far as like what order businesses should tackle updating their branding after a rebrand like this, or maybe if they're just just now initiating their branding or their brand, and how can they ensure that they're picking a designer that is the right fit for their business? Because because I also think that is a big, a big piece too. I think choosing a designer is super, super important. And it's a really personal thing that I think businesses or business owners that are choosing their designer really need to be the one to find that person. You know, I had a client that ended up, we ended up having to, I had to fire her, but I had a call when my initial discovery call was not with the client, it mm-hmm. was with one of her like assistants. And yeah. so the the communication about the way that I worked didn't necessarily get trickled down. And so it was not what she was expecting. And so I think that's the first step is making sure that the person that is going to be making the decisions is the one that is meeting with your brand designer. That's the second thing is make sure that you are having a call with your brand designer. I think there are a lot of designers that, you know, are not down with calls. I think it wastes their time. I will have a discovery call with every single lead that comes my way that I think could be a good fit because I really believe that making sure that the the personal connection between the two of you is really good. And I think that's why we were able to work really well together because, you know, we realized that our personalities mesh. And I know that that's like a weird thing to think is like, oh, well, my designer needs to have a personality that I mesh with. And it's like, it is very, I think, think very true. And I think you could probably speak to it as well, having gone through a couple different rebrands, like, you know, how that potentially affects it. But you want to make sure because there are a ton of people out there that are just starting out as designers, right? And Instagram is just filled with like a million of different designers. You want to find someone that their work feels like something that you would want for your own brand. That's the first thing. So like if you are a wedding photographer that does, you know, really beautiful luxury weddings, you're not necessarily going to want to go and find a brand designer that is doing, you know, I don't know, I was going to say cannabis packaging, but (laughs) the point is like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, find someone that has a style that is somewhat vibey with the style that you're thinking you want. And again, A lot of this is going to be up to the designer to really help you and guide you on where you should be. But you don't want to go with someone that like, if you're like a black and white and you want your brand to be black and white, you don't want to find someone that's like all about color because they're all about color. So really try and like hone in on that. Then you want to make sure that these people, whoever you're choosing, like knows what they're doing. You want to make sure, I would say, ask for some references, really talk to the people that they've worked with, because I think we're in this place now that if I did have like my client that I ended up firing, she probably wouldn't write the nicest review for me. And even if she did, I probably am not going to run around and put it up a poor review. Right. And so I can show you all of these positive reviews I had, but how do I know how many negative reviews there are too? So you really want to like go and actually communicate with the people that these people have worked with and understand, like, did you have a good experience with them? Like, how did it go? And really Even when you're on discovery calls with this person, ask your client, like, or ask the designer, like, how do you work? Like, really understand what is the way that they work? Because everyone does things differently, right? So like, 
I'm about to introduce, I have a VI, I have VIP days. I have a, what we did with you was like my, our strategic branding that was a lot longer and there's a lot more strategy involved. And then I've got like shorter, I'm in, introducing an Insta brand. And so I'm starting to realize that there are needs for everyone, but everyone works on different timelines. And so, you know, maybe I need a brand in, in next week because I'm like ready to go. And, you know, the person that you really want to work with, their projects are more of like six to eight week timelines. And so maybe that's not going to be best for you. So there's like a lot of questions that you want to be able to ask around, like, how fast can I get this done? And then obviously cost is going to be important too. You know, you don't want to work with someone that's got really low prices because generally that means they haven't worked with a lot of people and they're kind of nervous about working with them. And so I think there, there is though the benefit of working with newer designers, right? There are a lot of designers that are really talented, but they just, they haven't worked with real clients yet. And so, you know, if you are just starting out as well, it may be beneficial to kind of maybe do a swap, right? So find someone that's just starting out in a different niche than you that you need help with. Maybe you need you know, sort of similar thing with us. Like maybe someone needs their books done and I I need my books done. They need branding. Okay, let's see if we can do a swap and we can help each other out. But if you are kind of like on the up and up, sort of similar to you, you're going to want to find someone that has experience, that has worked on brands that are similar in that niche as well. They don't have to be totally the same, right? Like I hadn't worked on anyone that had that does systems, but I work with service you know, internet's not internet service providers, but you know what I mean? Like digital service providers. And so really just making sure that you have vetted this person. They feel good in terms of the the vibe that you guys are putting off. You feel confident in the work that they have done. Like you can see real tangible examples of what they've done. Talking to their their clients and finding out has the work that they've done for you changed your business? Like, you know, it can look really great, but maybe it wasn't on it, it wasn't the right strategy. And it didn't help. And so like really just asking all the right questions, I think making sure that, you know, I don't think that going to school is something that is like, oh, this person didn't go to design school, so they can't be good. That's get that out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think that's an important thing. There are plenty of self-taught designers that are really, really great. But looking to make, you know, asking them about their experience, what are you going to get at the end of this? Right. And I think it shouldn't always be totally about the deliverables, but if you need X, Y, Z, you want to make sure that you're going to get X, Y, Z out of this. So I think there's like a lot of different pieces to it. And now I'm like, Oh God, what was that first question? that you asked? No, the first question was talking about like tackling, updating their brand. Like what, like, how do they make it more digestible? Not so overwhelming. Like, is there a priority of things that they should tackle first in terms of like, okay, I just rebranded now what And Like, how do I even get this ball rolling? Yeah. So I think the first places that you want to make sure you are updating in a big way are going to be your website and your socials, primarily whatever social you are biggest on. So if you're on TikTok, I don't, honestly, I'm not really on TikTok. It, like, I'm not on there either. Scares me. I don't know if I should be, but I'm not. <laughs> no, I know everyone says you should be, but at the same time, it's like, if you're doing well on one channel, like, and you're able to bring in leads and you're, you're not feeling like, oh my God, I'm not getting the people that I want. Like my thought is stick to the channel that you're already performing well in rather than creating more work for yourself on another channel when this one's already working for you, but that's just a personal thing. But I would say, so then like, let's use you as an example. I would say we want to get the website and we want to get your Instagram feeling on brand. Then I think wanting to make sure that you are making it kind of, I, I think so. I think there's like a mixed reviews on this concept or this idea, but I am one for sharing what you're doing with your audience. So if you're going through a rebrand, make that clear. Hey guys, we are rebranding and we are in the middle of rebranding. And like some of the stuff you're going to see is going to have old rebrands 
old branding and some of the stuff you're going to have is new branding. And like, it's a process, like literally what you just said to me, but like sharing that with your audience and then they're going to get excited about like, oh my gosh, look at this new piece that rolled out or, oh, look at this new thing that rolled out. And like, it's going to get them excited and it's going to get them more engaged with your brand rather than just saying like, okay, it's here. And it's like, okay, cool. That was cool. Like next, like Ron's the next day. And so it's like, kind of creating creating like a trickle effect kind for of. them to be part of this right like you've already got these clients or these customers or this audience that is already interested in what you're doing and following you so taking them along for the journey I think is like a fun part of it like people love behind the scenes and so letting them be a part of it and just making it clear like hey I'm in the process of doing this and then it's kind of like all right what are the next things that I'm feeling like are being have the most eyes on it. So whether that's like, or the most important. So if it's like your back end system and it's like making sure that the colors are right within the spaces, like that's not as important as maybe making sure that like your, your onboarding dock feels more designed or like, so what are those like first touch points? I think you want to feel a little bit more branded, but then it's like, okay, what are the smaller things? Those things can come later and just kind of like snowball from there like go yeah like I'm gonna use this as an example you can decide if you want to take it or not but like the podcast is still called the elevator right and your system's up now and it's like I still like it's still Courtney and it's still there and I'm still gonna like come and listen regardless of of if that podcast cover looks like the podcast or looks like your website ideally I'm going to see your website or I'm going to go on social and then when I get to your podcast it feels the same But if I, you know, I know who you are, I see your face, like that connection is still there. And so I think it's just a matter of like prioritizing what you feel like is probably the thing that's going to like bringing you in the money yeah, yeah like- <laughs> and making, and keeping that engagement going. So I think those are probably where I would focus first. And then I guess kind of rolling off of that then, and I don't even know if this is going to be something that you'd recommend, like from my experience. Okay. So I think this is probably going to be something that you disagree with because just from my personal experience and like knowing myself, I know this is probably not the best idea, but since you're the master of all things branding, we want to ask, are there ways that business owners can level up their branding on their own? Hey there, quick interruption. I wanted to share with you guys all about my course, Elevate, the coach approach to elevated systems. As a business coach, your focus is on your clients, right? But what happens when messy systems are causing you overwhelm and inability to focus on the big picture? That's where we come in. Elevate provides you the strategy and tools to implement scalable systems in your business without the overwhelm. We've created a course that contains a clear cut and concise path for coaches to follow to elevate their systems as their business grows. With 10 modules of content, live Q and A's, guest expert trainings, and access to a supportive community for six months, your business will go from overwhelmed and over it to organized and killing it. All you have to do is go to the course link below in the show notes and sign up. It's as easy as that. We have to get back to the show now, but I can't wait to see you guys in the course. Yes. And I'm not going to say that I don't disagree with doing this. I think that there are a lot of businesses that are just starting out. And I think investing a lot of money, like you said, you're a perfect example of this. You've gone through three or four rebrands in the five years that you've been in business. And so as a newer business, you are changing all the time. And even myself, I've been in business for two years and literally I change what I want to do every day. So it's like, we're always like on this constant evolution. And so I think investing a lot of money right up front is scary for a lot of people. And I think like with you 
having a very fully thought out strategic brand experience is necessary because you've already been through all of the other, right? And you just like, okay, this is what I need. But there are brands that are just starting out. And I think that, you know, they need to look the part just as much. And I think that you can still do that without full-blown strategy. I think when you're first starting, as long as you're kind of, you know, we always talk about fake it till you make it. And so I think when you're just starting, it's like, as long as you can, like we talked about, use consistent colors. So choose some color. Like I think the first, like if we're going to just like do this on our own and we don't have any budget to hire anyone, I would say one, don't necessarily use Canva to create a logo. I think right now, just a a super simple logo can do, you know, whether it's like the first letter of your brand name or whatever, but like that can be the simplest thing because it's not exactly what people are, you know, the logo isn't the most important thing. So choosing fonts that work well together, that are legible and easy to read, but choosing a font that maybe isn't on Canva. You know, maybe you're looking for something that's a little bit out there that can be ownable to you, right? Because fonts are very much similar to colors in that they, there are so many of them and you've got more and more every day. You've got designers that are designing these fonts to be very specific to a feeling that you want to invoke. And so I think if you're able to choose And I think this is a real good tip for people that, you know, struggle with fonts is choosing like we did for you, a family, a font family, so that all of your fonts kind of like work together without feeling like, oh my God, I don't know what to use with what. And so a font family, for those who are not familiar, you've got fonts and then you've got typefaces. And so technically a font family is a typeface. And so within a typeface, you have different different fonts. So the typeface family would be like Helvetica and then a specific font would be like Helvetica bold or there's Helvetica italic. And so you've got this family of different fonts that are made up of the same pieces, but they all work together well. And so choosing a font family that stands out, that is unique to your brand and then choosing colors that you can use relatively consistently. So, you know, you don't want to choose six or seven colors right off the bat, you know, starting with two or three when you're just starting out, is going to help be able to use them easily and make it more memorable so that when people start seeing your content, they're able to just like take two colors and be like, oh, that purple and orange, that must be Lauren or that must be Courtney or whatever. But really making sure that you're using your colors consistently and using your fonts consistently and having fonts that feel a little bit different And I think the most important part of that is legibility and really making sure that the font you're choosing is easy for people to read at smaller size. I think there's a lot of people that struggle with, they want to find something that stands out, but the actual font itself is more of a display font and should be used for bigger headline stuff. And they're using it for body copy font. And it's like, I can't read this or it's so small. So I think learning the fundamentals of design It's so important. I think as business owners, we learn the fundamentals of a lot of other things like how to run your books or, you know, how to set up your systems a little bit. Like you don't learn everything, but you learn enough to like be able to get by. And I think a lot of people skip out on the like design fundamentals of like contrast and hierarchy and layout. And I think that's so important people to understand like hierarchy and the way, you know, how big you should make different parts of the post because people follow along. And I know you can't see me because we're on a podcast, (laughs) but 
people jump around based on the the typefaces that you're using in the in the size of it and the weight of it and so really understanding like okay I want them to look here first and then here and then here and like here's how I want them to follow that and by understanding hierarchy like that's an easy solve and so I think finding really great if you've got a designer that can create really great templates that are easy for you to use or you know finding templates elsewhere but then making sure that when you're inputting your your branding that you kind of come up with yourself you're making sure that you know it's legible legibility 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 is like I will preach it till the end of time because I see so many posts where it's like this isn't and people will probably look at my stuff and be like Lauren your shit's not legible (laughs) at the time either and I'm like but I can break the I, rules because I know the rules. Exactly. I remember like, I think the first couple of like logo th- logos that I made, I either found like a template on like creative market or something and like edited it or, you know, changed it up with my fonts and colors. Like I did what I had to do to get by, but like now that I am to the point where I am now, I'm like looking back at all the design choices I made without what you said, educating myself. I'm like, oh, okay, I wasn't, I shouldn't have done that. I, I I messed up. But I think also too, just branding has so much to do also with just like the identity of your business. And for those first like two years, I was like, what is the identity of my business? What is my, my mission, my values? Like, where is this even going? And so I think that that was one of the reasons I struggled so much with it outside of the fact that like, it just, it's not something that comes as naturally to me. So totally agree like I, with you as far as like, okay, how can we make this something that we can tackle um, if we don't have, you know, the financial ability to like do a full blown, like brand, brand strategy session, or like go full on like rebrand with somebody um, that there are resources and tools out there that you can use to do that. But like the key piece being like what you just said, is like educate yourself on how to get those pieces to cohesively go together, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And I would say like, you don't want to just go choose random templates on Canva and then input your brand because the way that each of those are set up, like just because you can infuse your your fonts and your colors, like you want to have some consistency in the style too of the way that you're posting. So, and I think when you're choosing your color, it's like, you should just like do a quick Google on like color theory because brand designers, there's not like, it's not like we have all this secret information that we're like hoarding from the masses. Like color theory is color theory. It's just a matter of like understanding it and using it properly within your business, right? So like when we, when I gave you your loom, I talked about why the colors that we're using work for your brand because of X, Y, Z. And so it's not like these are hidden hidden things like go check out, you know, okay, here's the business that I'm in. Can you like, yes, chat GPT, honestly, chat GPT, you could say, Hey, I am in the business of helping women become, you know, find better diet. What are some good color palettes for my business? And it'll literally tell you, here are some good color palettes because X, Y, Z, these colors will work well because you are trying to you know, like it'll like a lot of the work can be done for you by these robots these days, which I know is a little bit scary Wild. to a lot of people. But use use AI to kind of help you craft this brand if you don't necessarily have the means to do it yourself, and you don't necessarily feel like you're the most like creative person to like come up with it on your own. Use the help of these tools. I know it's scary, but like they will help you. And you can even ask like, what's a good idea for a logo? And it'll give you ideas on like logo concepts. Like it's very interesting. That's so cr- I, I haven't. 
went, I think I went to go try chat GPT. That's what it is. Chat GPT, right? Yep. I went to go try it. It said it was like at its capacity of like users or something. So I couldn't even like get on to try it. So like, apparently I'm not cool enough <laughs> to go even like, no, you're AI cool experience. enough. It's just like everyone else yeah. and their mom want to be that cool. My partner actually sent me something that he found on LinkedIn the other day that was, you know, the count of like how long it took all of these different brands to reach some like a million users or something. And it was like, you know, years for Twitter, you know, months for Instagram, whatever the numbers were. And then it was like ChatGPT five it's days. so crazy. Because it just took over. Yeah. And AI I think is just really like having its moment. I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah. Well, speaking of like tools and things that you can use, obviously like one thing we always like to chat or like ask the question about platforms and tools on our episode, because obviously that's what we do. And so, you know, on our team, ClickUp's our favorite, obviously, and we couldn't run our business without it. So I'm curious to know what are some of your top platform recommendations that you see work really well for your maybe client management or your design processes? processes. And I know you're kind of like doing a lot of this with that base camp, like stuff that you're doing right now, like a little mini series, if that's what you can call it a mini series, but all the stuff that you're sharing on Instagram right now with base camp, you know, what, what are some of your favorite tools that you would either recommend for internally managing design um, clients or just in general for design work? Yeah. So let me quickly just kind of like clarify for those listening about Basecamp. Yeah. So Basecamp is something that I've just very recently kind of come up with. And so because we are the BMU Studio BS, I wanted to put AI inside of BS, which is where the base comes from. And Basecamp is the idea of like where you're starting to go on this like new adventure. And so I think AI is like very much a new adventure. So I just wanted to kind of yeah, clarify what, what is. this Basecamp thing is. And it's very much like how you can use AI as a creative business owner within your workflow or your create like whatever. So that's kind of what Basecamp is. And so for my actual Bemuse business with clients, what I, I, my systems are like, <laughs> I'm not the person to ask about <laughs> systems, but as an ADHD person, cause we haven't really touched on that. I think with neurodivergent brains, it's really hard for us to have like that process and structure. And so I kind of like flip around all the time. And, you know, I think when we started working, I was using Notion, but I I didn't use Notion, but I felt like I needed to use Notion. Previously to that, I'd been using Trello. And honestly, like I didn't really have much problem with Trello. I think there's just like a lot of that pressure of like, oh, you should be using something cool or whatever. But like, if it works for you, it works for you. I actually just got introduced. I can't remember where I heard, oh, a podcast, like, you know, I was listening to a podcast and it was an ad for the podcast and it was this app called Hectic. I saw that. Yeah. On and Instagram. it is pretty cool. Um, and it's free and it's basically supposed to be for freelancers. Um, there is a paid version that has client portal in it, but it's got everything. So it basically takes like your Dubsado or your HoneyBook and it mixes it with like your Trello and your ClickUp, but it also takes like your QuickBooks and does expenses. And it's literally like everything all in one. You can take payments. You can have people book in through like your Calendly. So it's literally like all of the different systems that people have been using and trying to kind of bundle into one free option for freelancers, which is really awesome. And so I've been playing with that recently um, and trying to kind of see if I like that better than what I'm using right now, which is Dubsado. So I think that honestly, like I am a constant, like, show me what is new, show me like the newest thing. So I know that like, Speaking to you as a systems person whose literal job is to like set people up and be like, here's your system. I am like, hey, this is a cool system for a couple of weeks. Let me try this new system. And I think as a business owner and the way that I run Bemuse is very pretty laid back. 
I think a lot of my clients are like cool with me being like, hey, I'm trying out something new. And I think you just have to be open with people about figuring out what works because like we've talked about, like you're always going to be evolving as a business and always trying to figure out like what works best for what I'm doing, especially, you know, this, you're a systems person, but I think evolving and always being open to trying other things. And I think again, falling back on that AI thing, I think a lot of people are scared to use a lot of these new AI tools. Like literally someone today just messaged me in the DMs saying like, AI has helped 10 times my business productivity. Like it's, it's truly like a tool. And I think that as we move into this new world of AI, we're going to have a lot more systems tools that are going to be able to help us in all sorts of different ways. And I think rather than being scared of Embrace it, it and being like, oh my gosh, it's coming from my job. Let's look at how we can leverage it and like use it to make everyone else's job, like everyone else's experiences better. Right. And I think that's that's the way to look at this new technology because it's coming whether we like it or not. And I think we've watched technology and I think a lot of people are worried about jobs and being taken, but I think we've watched technology take jobs for as long as technology has been around, right? Like once cameras came around, the oil painter was like, I'm out, yeah. right? And then digital cameras came out and it was like, oh, well, are we going to feel bad for all of the um, people that work in film processing, it's like their jobs are going to go away, but it's like, okay, well then why don't we figure out how we then use the new technology? So it's like, there's going to be jobs lost and there's going to be jobs gained. And I think that's something that we have to like, kind of think about in the grand scheme of things. Um, and I know I've kind of shifted. No, like, I, yeah, I think I, I totally agree. What you should be using, but I just think like, as we, as we're talking about tools, like there are so many, like, I know Pinterest is huge for designers, right? But I've been using this thing called Kive and it uses AI to every time I find an image, it is going to tag it for me with all of the colors that are in the image, where it came from, are there people, are there things in it? And so then I can just go and say, I want to see all of my purple pictures yeah. and it'll pull up all of my purple inspiration. You can't do that with Pinterest, right? Like there's just so many new tools that are coming out every day that are utilizing this technology and it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, and I think too, what you said, it, it's so important is, you know, being open. And that's what we talk to number one, our clients about, because a lot of the times when we have like, for example, a sales call, you know, they'll express either it's concern or hesitation with, you know, trying a new platform, like click up as an example, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I think it's gonna be really overwhelming. I'd, I'm nervous. I'm not going to know how to use it. And like you said, it's, it's learning how to embrace and leverage tools to your business's advantage and also being open to it because you have to just like with any new thing, like whether it's a habit for yourself personally or your business, it's going to take time to get used to it and, you, you know, put to practice. And so I think that's one thing. And then another thing that you said too, that we also communicate to our clients our students or whatever that looks like is doing what's best for your business. Like you just said, you know, if you're like bouncing around from software to software, you know, that's fine. As long as like, you're giving it some like, Hey, you're giving it some consideration. Is this good for my, for my business or not? Or like, if you know, I use Trello because it's what everybody used. It's looking at like, is this actually serving my business? Because we'll even say to our clients, like, Hey, you know, if, if I want to call like, Hey, maybe ClickUp isn't the best option for you and your business and what you're needing, or maybe this process, or when we even look at like ROI on the things that we do in our business, as an example, we have a podcast. How does that generate ROI in our business in terms of either it's sales, leads, traffic to our website? What's that look like? Do I have a podcast because it's actually generating ROI or do I have a podcast because everybody else has a podcast, right? And actually looking at what serves our business best, or even to your example of 
should I be on TikTok? Because everybody's on TikTok or what's actually working for my business. And so it's like using that data to make decisions in your business while also to being open to the option of like, what else can I be doing that is going to serve my business? Maybe that's outside of the norm, or maybe it is something that's up and coming that is big, like ChatGPT or GPT. Like, is that something that I need to be looking at as well? Right. And so just, I think the, the openness and being open to the evolution of your business, instead of using it as a way to like hold you back and restrain you, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think that you make a lot of good points about wanting to make sure that what you're doing is right for you. And I think the other thing is making sure that it's like what you're doing is right for your clients too, right? And it's like, you know, we got into Notion and I was like, this isn't working for me. And I feel like you were like, I don't know what I'm doing in here. And so it was just like, okay, like, let's ditch it. Like, let's make it work for both of us. And if we both are not, you know what I mean? And so I think it's like, that's another piece of like, what are the things you can worry about on your brand? It's your flexibility, right? Is like, how can you flex to make sure that you are creating the best experience for your clients or your customers or whoever they are? And I know that can be hard, right? To have to like change up, you know, there's so many people that teach like, come up with like exactly what you're going to do and don't deviate from that system because it's just going to make it easier for you to always just do everything the same for each person. But we're not, it's not cookie cutter. Like it's not one size fits all ever. No business is going to be the same. Everyone comes with different experiences and different goals and different customers. And so it's like to say like, this is how we're going to always do it doesn't make sense to me. And that's another reason why I have calls every time is because, you know, I don't want to tell you this is what's in the package when it's not necessarily what I think you need. And so really being able to figure out what it is that your clients need and help them that way too is super important. Yeah. Well, and speaking of your packages, I mean, that was the, our last question for the episode, but I do want to direct people to you. Like how, like how can people find you? How do they reach out? What are their options for working with you? Kind of give us the rundown if somebody wanted to sync up with you. Okay. So as I've been saying, I've kind of been in this, uh, figuring out restructuring stage of my business. I have a website. The website has been coming soon for two years, which I think is something to be said for. And I think a lot of people will have a lot of different opinions on this, but if you can kill it on social, your website is not as necessary. However, there will be people that will say, what happens if Instagram goes down? And to those people, I will say, I am fine. Yeah, <laughs> Not actually, but because I do have Instagram insurance and I will give a shout out to Get Notch. There is insurance for creators so that if your account gets hacked, you can. That's so cool. They'll get it back for you. But to answer the question, so I have a website, but generally you can find me um, the most on my Instagram, the Bemuse Studio. And so right now what I am doing, I'm not offering the same thing that we did with you. I love being able to work on these more strategic projects and really like high level with these brand owners that are really killing it. However, like we talked about, I know that there are people that that's not what they can afford and they still want to be able to have, you know, that really exciting, fun work that looks good and is attractive, that is still, of course, built around strategy. Like I am a strategist at heart. And so regardless of what I design, it just, you know, it's going to be a, a quicker thing. And so what I'm calling this is the Insta brand. And it's for brands that are newer, that are planning or currently using Instagram as their main marketing tool. And they also want this fast. So it's more of like a 
quick one and done, and it's still going to have strategy behind it. And so that is a newer offer. And then I am also doing one-on-one sessions around really whatever you need, because I have so much um, experience doing so many different things, whether it's design, whether it's building a business, whether it's content creation, whether it's social strategy, like I kind of have a pretty good grasp on all of these things. And so I want to be able to help people where they're at. So rather than having, you know, a full-blown coaching course, it's more of just one-on-one sessions. They can be creative reviews. So, you know, if you're someone that wants a second opinion on some marketing stuff that you're sending out, how can we take a quick look at it? And, you know, okay, I would change the hierarchy of this text and just like a quick, like, freshen yeah. up or maybe it's a strategy session of like what do we need to do to fix your your social how can we ch- like come up with your brand pillars so I want to be able to have that opportunity for people you know they can book single sessions they can book um you know multiple sessions and then the last thing that I'm working on right now is Basecamp and that is figuring out a to be like a workshop mastermind that hopefully will turn into some sort of evergreen course but really teaching designers and creative business owners or not even you know you have to be creative to use the to use Midjourney AI but to how to make money using this new software. Um, There are so many ways that you can make money using it, so many ways that you can implement it into your business workflow to help you save time, to help you make more money, to help you do so many different things. And so that's kind of what Basecamp is going to be about is, you know, how do we do that in your business and how can you start making money using this this new technology and getting ahead of everyone, right? Like that's, you don't want to be behind. I think this is like a lot of what people were saying when, you know, the internet was coming out or when Bitcoin was coming out. Obviously Bitcoin's like a cool thing. But, and the other thing about AI that I do want to touch on is like, clearly there's like a lot of controversy around it. And I think this is very new technology. So we don't have, you know, all of the laws written around what is totally legal and what is not. And I don't think, you know, there's not not breaking the laws yet because there are no laws written. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of different thoughts on it. And I myself, I think the only way to really truly be able to be honest about how I feel about these things is say that like, this is ever changing. And I think that it's fair that my opinions on it may be ever changing as we learn more about the technology and as we learn more about what's happening. And so I just want to kind of preface it with like, I like this is new. I am not like a, I don't know everything. I'm really just trying to gather all the information I can quickest and be able to give it to people in a succinct format in a way that like can really help them. But yeah, we're going to have to just kind of like follow this AI journey as it unfolds. Yeah, as it because that's just what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I guess, you know, if you're interested in learning more about AI in Midjourney, check out, um, I have a highlight on my Instagram for a um, wait list for Basecamp. News about like what's going to be going on with that is going to be coming later. Obviously this is being recorded earlier. Yep. So, it might be out by the time you're listening to this. So definitely yeah, hopefully they'll be getting, <laughs> they'll be getting more information about it um, once this is actually live or it'll even be yeah. live. But yeah, so that's kind of what's happening at Be Amused right now. Yeah. And for everybody that's listening, we're going to link all of this stuff in the show notes. So if you guys want to go check it out, you'll have easy access to it. And if she does eventually end up launching Basecamp, we'll update the show notes so that is accessible in there for you all. But with every podcast episode, we always wrap up with some fun rapid fire questions. So are you ready for your questions? I don't know that I'm ready because uh, decision making is very hard (laughs) for me, but I'm going to just say the first thing that comes to my mind. What is your favorite TV show? (laughs) Hardest one right out the gate. 
there, there's the long pause. Oh my God. I don't know. I love TV. Um, my favorite or like show. Top three. I, mean, I, love, I love the office. Like the office is like a go-to, um, friends is friends. a go-to. I think, Oh, here's one that I'm going to tell. I think everyone should watch. Welcome to Flatch. It's on Fox. It's like a, um, Parks and Rec kind uh-huh. of vibe. Um, but it has Stifler. What's his name? Yeah, Sean. Like, I don't know his real name. That's it's like a reverend. It's like a small town in Ohio. It's really, really funny. Okay. It's one of those like officey whatevers. But it's really good, and people should watch that. Also, new season of Extreme Sisters just came out. Oh, I have not heard that of that. You're gonna hate. I think it's on TLC. Okay. it's about like insane like sets of twins okay. that are not wild. Right. Oh my god, go watch. Okay, now shows. I have to go watch it. People are insane. Okay, what is your dream travel location? Oh boy, um, I been? think I want to. Uh, oh, where I've or already maybe been, you've already been where... to your dream travel location. Oh. Mm, I mean, I've been to a lot of really cool places. I studied abroad in Australia and Sydney, and I got to go to New Zealand. Oh, nice. But I never went to Fiji. I think like Bali. Like I feel like I see all these people in these like huts in Bali. Yeah, Bali's just, really like, cool. I'm like, that seems like a place I would want yeah. to go. I'm very much like a tropical. Then you would like Bali. Like the sun, get tan and read a book. There you go. That's go to Bali. Like that. That's what you need. Or come yeah. to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can do that. You can do that here. Not quite as tropical or cool as Bali, though. Yeah, but I'm still down with the warmth. It's snowing yeah. today. Yeah, I mean, I'm not jealous. Uh, shovel my driveway after this. Okay, and then when you're not working, how do you like to spend your time? Uh, boy. <laughs> Great question. Um, uh I like to watch TV um I like to Peloton I'm a big I've been getting back into my Peloton we just started my partner and I just went and got tennis rackets so tennis um and just like learning like just like learning new stuff about everything watching YouTube scrolling the Instagrams and I don't know playing with my dog awesome what is your dog's name again really that's what it was I don't know why I was going to yeah, say ghost, but then I remembered it was because the one time I had a call with you, <laughs> you thought there was a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> we got unsure if that ever got solved, but he's not such a psychopath. Okay, anymore. last question: What's your favorite food? <laughs> I mean, I think if we're just like getting down to like the simplest form, I think like cheese and bread, like any combination of cheese and nice. bread. You yeah. know, like pizza, pasta with bread. Yeah. Like I just. Cream cheese? No, I do not like what? Okay, weird. Any form of bread and cheese. Cream cheese is technically a cheese, dude. Oh, and I don't butter my bread. Like I literally melt cheese on my toast. Interesting. I don't put milk in my cereal if that makes you feel better. It doesn't because the milk's (laughs) the good part of well, it's not Uh, truly the good part. Nope. It's like the soggy, nasty part. That's fair. I don't like soggy. It's like touching the bottom of the sink after you do the dish. No, in oh my god! My partner just like bought like um those like stoppers for yes. the bottom of the uh, sink, and now it's like getting. All- I'm like, nope, nope that's not my job. Your, your hands going down there, not mine. <laughs> that's like oh my, my worst gosh. nightmare. Me too. Uh, okay, well, it has uh. been so fun having you on the podcast today. Seriously, I love chatting with you. So I'm glad we got to finally do this. But for everybody listening, like I said, we're going to link everything up in the show notes. Lauren, thanks for so much for joining us. And then uh, I will see you guys on next week's episode. Thank you for having yeah. me. This was so fun. This was like my first podcast. Oh, I, so, so, I, hope so I, I hope I did it you, justice. You did. You did so good. 
Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.